We're back for season two. Yes, it's bigger. It's badder. It's... Oh, just get on with it. Bad scripts. Hello and welcome back to Bad Scripts presents The Last Resort, season two. Oh, well, we're, we're many episodes in now to the season. We're probably halfway through the summer, uh, and it's time to introduce the man. Yes, the man who, for me, makes it all possible, and the person that stops this looking like a random man ranting into his microphone on the internet. So please give it up and welcome Mr. Mike Collier. Hi, Mike. Hello, Steve. That that was rather nice. Thank you very much. And uh, do you know many people that rant on microphones on the internet? There, there are many, um, uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, that that do their little uh, little rants. And is you that, know, is occasionally, that a Trumpism I catch them. is that a, is that a Trumpism right there? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'd call it. But you know, that's that's the way of the world now. There's a lot of people that go out there and give their opinions out on the internet and. Uh, uh, you know, some people tell that as fact, um, but you know, I, I, I was thinking us. one thing at some point, I'm going to have to do this all kick-ass introduction for you. I'm going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to start this off at some point with this mega, cause you always give me such good intros and I always feel quite bad. That I just go, hello, Steve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, so at some point I'm going to have to think of something really good. Okay. Well, maybe if we do a live one of these, you can introduce me and we can do something along those ways. So that's something we could, we could plan for the future and, and have you doing. Now, I've been thinking, um, we, uh, we always have a chat at the beginning of our episodes and we have a little discussion about something that's, something that's happening or thought we've had. And you normally put a question to me. I decided today I'm going to put a question to you. Okay. Ooh. So I'm going to ask you now something about the past. About you, okay. very personal. Okay. Um, I want you to think of, if you can describe to me an article of clothing, which in the past you treasured and you wouldn't be now seen dead in. Something that you used to wear back when you were a man about town, a young and healthy bachelor. You used to put it on and you feel a million dollars, but guess what? You'd never wear it now. Oh, Do you have a piece um, of clo- did you have a piece of clothing like that? I I haven't changed my wardrobe since uh, two thousand and four. To be honest with you, so no, <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What a good question. Okay, so I do I do actually have a chosen ensemble, which Oof. which I don't think would would work quite now, and I am hoping against all hope. That this ensemble, which is currently in my attic, will mm-hmm. make a comeback, and that's why. Um, and and this will help justify. That's why I do a lot of running and working out. I just I've got to keep in shape so I can fit into these clothes for when they come back in fashion. So you ready for this? <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Really tight white shirt. Okay. Three buttons undone. Short sleeve. Oh, full Simon Cowell on this one. Yeah. Yeah, full, all the way. Black leather vintage jacket. Okay. Which I bought which I bought from a charity shop for about 20 quid. And the lining inside the jacket is actually gone. But I think it's a 1970s vintage kind of leather jacket. At least it smells like it should be from the 1970s. <laughs> oh, the wow. piece de resistance. Mm-hmm. Light blue, slightly faded, boot cut 
jeans. Oh, are they? Are they? Are they a stone wash? They are stone wash. They are, are, are boot and the flaria, the flare, not the kind of flary flare, but you remember, like boot in the kind flare. of early two thousand, the they were yeah. the, the boot cut. They were really big, oh, and yeah. a, you know, a, a pair of a, a kind of kind of pair of boots, you know, to go with it. But that is boot cut jeans. I love boot cut jeans, and I have a lot of boot cut jeans, which now apparently you can't wear because it's not you know skinny jeans took over, and then super skinny, and then you know constrain your nuts jeans came in and i've never quite won <laughs> hey, for but, them but not anymore apparently regular jeans are kind of the thing now so i've i've switched back to them i mean it, it was never good skinny jeans on a girl i mean never really looked that good and i think once you get to a certain age as well you start to get into that peter Stringfellow phase when you try and be too trendy do you know what i mean you so, kind of look a bit like shrek if you look at shrek's body shape with skinny jeans where he's got like kind of a what really you, what skinny to say legs? about my weight no Michael? No, I'm not saying anything about it. I'm saying we look like Shrek. If yeah. you see a guy in skinny jeans, it's like this ass and then these <laughs> spindly legs. But, um, okay, my chosen article that I that I, I could not be seen dead in walking about the streets right now because then that would really give my age away is bootcut jeans. Yeah. Steve, what about you? Um, okay, so there's, there's a few. There's been a few disasters in the past. When I was a teenager... I jumped on the trend of the uh, the baggy jeans, and so I don't know if you remember Eclipse gear. So it was like it was called like Spliffy or things like that. It was like a, a picture <laughs> yes. of a, a picture of a kid. You could get them on the market. Like you'd get like a a utility waistcoat with with a guy smoking a spliff on them, and then you get the t big baggy t shirts and big baggy almost combat trousers with loads of pockets and tassels and stuff hanging off them. I thought I was the mucks nuts in those, and they are the saddest outfit that you could possibly imagine. I don't know what I was thinking. I got caught up in the hype, and I, you know, I am eternally embarrassed by what I did there. So yeah, that was that was my. I think that would be my chosen outfit. That that was like a skateboarder type approach, wasn't it? They're it, kind of really <laughs> they're so relaxed. They like almost sit off your ass instead of on them. Yeah, cool. but uh, it was kind of the there was a there was a crossover uh kind of weed junkie weed de- weed den um skater surfer dude chilled vibe that went with it all. So yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, but I will say one that I get the most uh, grief for, especially from my wife when she sees the old pictures of our boy band, is our shiny shirts with the tassels on the arms. So we had the drawstrings on the arms. Remember, we all bought them from a shop. They, and they... Look, they look like recycled shopping um, bags. Yeah, if I'm going to be honest thought with you. They were awesome. We wore them on stage. We wore them on nights out. You know, you we see thought we were. I never, I never owned a shirt. I, I took the other approach. If you remember, you guys all had the white and blacks, really shiny shirts where you could see nipples sticking through them. I, on the other hand, with the thinnest arms in the world, decided to have a tank top with sequins on it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that one? I, I've got the white shiny shirt. There's a picture of you in the white shiny shirt. So there was shininess. There was that going on, but no. There was there was no there wasn't much nippleage. I went for the black, which kind of helped. Black. There was there was not too much of that, so uh, that that definitely helped. Um, well, but you know what look, I saw? I went this weekend. I, I went to a theme park with family, uh, and I was sat in the um, in the theme park uh, near London, um, and they had a KFC in there. So we sat in the KFC, and this kid walks in with his family. He had a global hypercolor t shirt on, and he had curtain haircut with an undercut. No no. I was like, is it 1993 no. again? What's going on? 
And there was it's about the three same. or four kids I saw through the day that would look exactly like we did. We said in the nineties would come back, and, and it's bizarre. And I was just like, I said to my wife, I was like, "Wow, somebody just time travelled," and and she did. She she thought it was funny. So yeah, she. Asked well, I I also had the undercut curtains, um, as we all did at kind yeah. of like the age of sixteen to seventeen. I've got to say though, Steve, just going back to the jeans conversation, um, were you a jeans washer? Did you wash your jeans? Well, there's a there's a, there's a school of thought, isn't there, around there? Or there's many schools of thought around this. They reckon you should wear your jeans seven times before you wash them. That's the average number of times. I was watching a thing the other day, and it was saying how often you should wear. Obviously, underwear change it every time, but there was oh. other things, especially for ecology's purposes. Wash your jeans every maybe seven times you wear them, so maybe once a week if you wear them every day. Um, well, I, I mean, heard I, I heard you put them in. You could put them in the freezer, and then you freeze them. Um, and then um, you just give them a wash down, like a light wash down, then freeze them. And then if you've got anything sticking to it, like chewing gum or whatever, you could just pick it off that way. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever <laughs> wash my boot cut jeans. <laughs> nice. Some, some serious bacteria growing in there and have their own uh, yeah. ecosystem now. That's why Febreze was invented. But uh, so, <laughs> so, so what you've seen at the weekend is a um, resurgence of the so the nineties fashion is starting to come out. and I hope not because let's not forget the nineties fashion was not that great. I mean, if you, if if I have to go back to wearing a check shirt under a United Colors of Benetton sweater, um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> my, my Nike Air Max that I used to wear back then, <laughs> thinking I was the mutts nuts. Yeah, you were absolutely. Rich. Hey, that was birthday and Christmas for those. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we should talk podcasts because that's what we're here for. Uh, we've got some new scenes for everybody. Things are really heating up now. We're in the, we're in the middle of the year. The, the season is really cracking on. Um, so without further ado, I think we should just dive in there and find out what's happening down at Camp Resorts. Exterior, chalet block, night. It's mid-evening across the resort and the sun is finally setting. We move along the bottom level of the chalets as a door opens, we see Kelly stood in the doorway, wearing just her pink silk slip. She leans outside, looks up and down the line, then turns to the person stood behind her. All right, the coast is clear, if you're quick. Uh, 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 which way do you want me to walk again? Bloody hell, mushy. How many times do I have to go through this? You go right, right? Can't you just use my real name? Uh, well, I thought that was your name. Mushy pauses hesitantly behind her. Kelly turns back towards him. I'm kidding, all right? She steps into the room and gives Mushy a long kiss, squeezing his buttocks firmly with both hands, before stepping back outside and having another look. Hey, booty call. On you go. Kelly smacks his behind as he steps out of the doorway. As Mushy passes, he mutters to her. Oh, is that all I am? A nighttime boot you call then? Aye. What's the problem with that? You guys do it all the time, so why can't I? Besides, I didn't hear you complaining 15 minutes ago. It's a win-win situation. So keep your mouth shut and you get to enjoy all of this. Kelly lifts the bottom of her slip to reveal her long, shapely leg to Mushy who looks her up and down, nervously, before exiting the chalet fully. Fair enough, then. Well, she turns and is about to give Kelly another kiss. 
She sees this happening, sighs, and quickly closes the door, which almost meets his lips. He looks left, then right, then left again. We follow him as he walks to the left. Turning the corner, Mushy bumps into Wayne, who is walking purposely towards the chalet lines. Uh, Richie, you're not on shift tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, no, Wayne. Uh, just uh, stretching my legs. Long way to come for that. You're in the vans on the other side, aren't you? Yeah, 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 I am. Yeah, yeah. I was just, uh, you know, visiting the people over here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's an awkward silence as Wayne looks at Mushy. What's going on? You seem a bit edgy. Oh, I'm all right. Are you all right? Of course I'm all right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, so what are you doing down here, boss? Thought you had a place off site. I have some business over here. Not that that's any of your concern. Cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. As fun as this little uh, friendly interaction is, why don't you toddle off, home, eh? Don't let me keep you. Right, yeah, uh, yeah, see ya. Mushy turns and starts walking back towards the chalet block. Wayne right on his shoulder. Bands are that way. Wayne points over to the other direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Mushy makes a U-turn and strides off in the opposing direction. Wayne stands and watches him. As Mushy gets to the corner, he stops and turns around. Wayne is still looking in his direction. Mushy waves at Wayne as he disappears from view. Wayne sighs, looks around and continues making his way to, Ke uh, to Kelly's chalet, muttering under his breath. No bad. He lightly taps on the door, waits and taps again. After a few moments, the chalet door opens. This time Kelly is dressed in a pink top and bottom pyjamas. Oh, what did you forget this time? Kelly looks up and sees that it is Wayne stood there and not Mushy. She looks suddenly flustered. Uh, Wayne? Uh, I, I wasn't expecting you. I thought I'd surprise you. Uh, it's a wee bit late, is it not? Wayne looks a little crestfallen, still stood on the doorstep. Um, who, who were you talking to just then? Uh, when? Right there, when you answered the door. No one? Oh, right. Just sounded like you had somebody round. Oh, it's a staff shall Wayne. There's always folks around wanting stuff, you know. Wayne nods. Well, can I uh, come in then? I just got ready for my bed. I bought you some snacks and a bottle of that wine you like, and I thought you might like to spend some uh, time together. It's been ages since I saw you. What are you talking about? We see each other every day. You know what I mean. You and me time. Alone time. Kelly smiles sweetly at Wayne, caressing his face. Oh, you poor thing. Are you feeling a wee bit lonely? Oh, uh, yeah, really lonely. Are you going to come to my rescue and give me some special company? Wayne steps forward. Kelly stops him, holding her hand to his chest. You're two hours too late, I'm afraid. What do you mean? I'm ready to go to sleep, Wayne. Come on. I have some good news. I'll make it worth your while. 
Not the Nowy. Well, that's not fair. Kelly looks affronted. Fair? You think turning up on my doorstep looking for a late night booty call is fair? Thinking you can just appear with some Lambrini, a freshly flannel cock, and I'd just shag you like a cheap slapper? Have you no respect for me at all? Wayne looks very uncomfortable and tries to eject, but she's far too deep in her rant as her voice gets louder and louder. Aye, give Kelly a knock. Get my hold in whenever I feel like it. She's easy. Well, you listen to me. I am not. Now, so, you better start respecting my boundaries. And next time you want to just pop around, make sure you speak to me first. Am I clear? All right, all right, I get it. That's not that's not what I was trying to do. But, yeah, fair enough. Good. Now, what's in the bag? Wayne looks down at the bag, then back at Kelly. Well, there's the wine, some ice cream and crisps. What kind of crisps? Space Raiders. Pickled onion? Beef. Shame. I only like pickled onion. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was then. <laughs> Sorry, I was just Pickled, pickled uh, onion, pickled onion. Shame. I only like pickled onion. Oh, yeah. Right. Gotcha. Well, it's late. I better take the ice cream before it melts. Kelly outstretches her hand. Wayne then reaches into the bag and takes out the tub. He hands it to Kelly. Cookies and cream. Nice. Do you want the wine too? Kelly stops and thinks for a moment. I then I drink Lambrini. I drink Lambrusco. Give that cheap shite to the next skunk you're planning to visit. There's only you, Kelly. Kelly stops short at that and suddenly smiles sweetly. Oh, oh. come here, you big dafty. Wayne steps forward and they hug. They hold it for around 20 seconds. Who's counting that? I was say, one, <laughs> two. One. Kelly's definitely the one counting that count. <laughs> I hope that's the wine bottle poking me like that. Kelly steps back and Wayne has a toothy grin on his face. <laughs> Guess not. Well, good night, Wayne, and thanks for the cheat. Kelly attempts to close the door. But what about tomorrow? Tomorrow? Me and you. Out for dinner, officially? Kelly looks a little unsettled, but quickly regains her composure. Aye, well, we'll see, yeah? We'll see? Are we even allowed? Well, I checked. Since you're part of the management team now, it's kind of allowed. That's why I came around to tell you. Finally, we can make it official. Well, something to think about then. What's there to think about? Why are you putting all this pressure on me? I'm not. Just just forget it then. Fine. There is silence. Night then. Night. Oh, and before I forget, have a word with that mushy fella. He was acting all shady when I ran into him. Eh? Shady? When was that? A few minutes ago, walking about the chalet lines, just round the corner. Oh, all right. I'll have a, yeah, I'll, I'll have a word with him, right? Uh, all right, night then. Kelly closes the door, leaving Wayne stood there motionless. The door opens once again. You know what? On second thoughts. 
Kelly's hand extends towards Wayne, who smiles, thinking she is beckoning him in. She pats him on the cheek before taking the bag and slamming the door shut once again. So uh, a close call for um, Mushy and Kelly there. Well, I just mind. feel sorry for Wayne. I think, you know, he's, uh, he's wow. not the wiser, is he? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's feel a, sorry for him. He can, can, can you ever feel sorry for Wayne the way he is? I think it's difficult to, to drum up sympathy for the man the way he behaves with everybody else, is it not? Well, I think that could be the very first scene where he's never eating. <laughs> we don't he know he didn't a sneak a packet of crisps yeah he has food with him <laughs> he just hasn't had the time to eat any of them he planned to eat the crisps and probably the ice cream as well but it didn't happen during that period so oh, yeah steve have you ever had uh, a, a you know a late night visitor who comes with a bag of ice cream some cheap wine and crisps have you ever have you ever how, how would you deal with that if that if right. you've got that knock on that door how would you deal with it well i mean it all depends who's knocking doesn't it I think, you know, if you're young, free and single, um, you find the person attractive, you want to spend a bit of time with them, they're bringing you ice cream, especially if it's cookies and cream or something, you know, you're thinking, well, you know, what does it hurt? That's wasted on me, I'm afraid. I've got a thing. I've got a thing for milk. So uh, I'd be like, what, what <laughs> yeah. the hell is that? It's not a good idea to fill you up with, with dairy products, is it? Not if you want to have a romantic definitely, evening. Definitely not. And Lambrini <laughs> and uh, pickled onion <laughs> monster much. I don't, I mean, it's not the most romantic food that Wayne has chosen. Let's just, a, a, a Lambrini, the cheapest sparkling oh. wine. You well, can he, get. but that's the problem, isn't it? He's misheard her say Lambrusco, which again, is not the, is not the poshest of wines, let's be honest. <laughs> Lambrusco is <laughs> not much she's better. She's a classy girl. She's a classy but it's, girl. It's definitely a step above Lambrini. I mean, we're nearly at the Bookfest and uh, Thunderbird level there, but oh, not okay. quite. <laughs> no, but he, uh, I don't know where he's going. So cookies and cream ice cream, Lambrusco, Lambrini, and uh, sorry, beef-flavoured um, Beef, yeah, not pickled onion, yeah. Not pickled um, onion. But that's the thing, isn't it? He's thinking, he's trying to appeal to her uh, senses. Of, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he didn't bring Iron Brew, so there wasn't any of that in there. I mean, that's probably, you know, sort of xenophobic to say that, but, you know. Am I wrong? Um, so, yeah, hopefully um, he's thinking I can just, you know, make it a more attractive and appealing thing for me to come in with these gifts I bring. Um, but, yeah, and but one thing I, I did say was the um, getting a hole. And, and I think we, we, we talked about this during the writing process because it's not a phrase as a, a – I won't say thoroughbred, that's not the right word. Purebred <laughs> Englishman. <laughs> I've not heard that phrase. I've not heard that term. But obviously, Despite, you, you've, yeah. you've assured me it is a well-known I colloquialism. I fought to keep this in. I fought to keep this in for a reason. And it is a very known um, saying, especially kind of in the, the Glasgow area. So getting my hole is a term meaning I'm going to have sex. I'm going to get my hole tonight. And that is, right. you know, and um, I heard that a long, long, long time ago. Um someone said it and i'm like and i was the same as you. i was like oh what does that mean and they went that means i'm gonna get you know i'm gonna get a bit and i was like oh lovely so <laughs> so i know i know when we when we were you, you know you'd done some meditative work on this and you're kind of I'm going to change that and i really had to fight i was like no if there's one word i have to fight for i have to fight for that because that is if anyone's scottish you know if you are scottish listening to this you will definitely know that that's uh that's a saying or prove us wrong and tell me that i'm absolutely mental but um but i, <laughs> I think it's interesting that she she and the the diatomy of the booty call idea is is an interesting one, isn't it? And we mm. we went into that knowingly that she's using mushy as a booty call. Wayne wants to 
and she accuses Wayne of doing the same thing. I don't think oh. Wayne's intentions are quite aligned to that, but no. um, it, isn't it an interesting way that she's endorsed yeah, it over it's, here? Yeah, it's the hypocrisy of it. Yeah, and she's so, um, I think, faux appalled by it because that's exactly the behaviour she's been exerting. She's been using her power on Mushy, who, let's not say Mushy's not into it because he's a young lad, there's an attractive girl saying, come around for some no, you know, no holes barred, you know, and showing a bit commitment of a pink fun. slip. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but again, she's manipulating the situation when she wants it. So it's a little bit, there's a lot of control there. And I think there's the undertone that if he doesn't do as he's asked, then she could make things a little bit more difficult for him. And that, and I think that's the only bit. I don't think there's anything wrong with what Kelly's doing. She can make her own choices and her decisions, and we respect that, you know, mm. considering that she's not real. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but then but, you know, there's also the, the sense it's the, it's the hypocrite. It's yeah, it's the hypocrite in her, isn't it? But, but it is, and the, and the leading Wayne on for her own nefarious purposes. So she knows what she wants from that relationship. She knows how she feels about Wayne. She's not really interested in Wayne. She's not got desires on him. She doesn't want to be in a relationship with him. Wayne was useful to get away as she is. Um, but she has to kind of keep him sweet for, for now, at least. How long for? Because let's not forget, we are halfway through the season. This has been going on for months now. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the point, isn't it? Once you've got a season out of the way, you've proved yourself. You see, if it's, an ev- if it's eventless, you know, if there's no major drama, you've proved yourself in the role. You've not got to justify it anymore. And you can let him down and say, you know, it's not working. It's not you. It's me, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got that platform to, to move on from and you've got that position of power. That's way I think Kelly's brain is working. String him along long enough that basically justify my existence. Good chat. Good discussion. <laughs> cool. Well, let's move on then and see what else is happening down on the show. Interior dance studio day. Ali is stretching, preparing for the dance rehearsal. Around her are several members of the cast in various stages of warm-up. A clique of girls are giggling and looking at a magazine article. Robin is sat on a table at the far side of the rehearsal room, with his legs crossed, staring at the ceiling rafters. Ali smiles at the group of girls. The head girl snarls and returns to her giggling gang. Robin sees this and makes his way over to Ali. I see see you've managed to piss off the elite. Why? What have I done? Cass, stick together. I think you dropped everyone at the pub the other night. Really? That's why the coven of bitches are snarling at me. (laughs) Don't you mean witches? No. Well, I can see you're trying to make friends then. We have friends, remember? What's that supposed to mean? I just I just don't like the way this is. We're all supposed to be working here together, but we're encouraged to walk around acting like we're better than everyone else. It's not right. Well, that's Bernie for you. He's old school. He believes performers should be a cut above the rest. That's show business, darling. Yeah, well... I don't like it. Besides, pretty ironic given the show is an absolute mess. It'll all come together. Supposedly they always do. I'm not so sure. It keeps making endless changes to the story, the script, the choreography. 
one minute rehearsing this song and suddenly, boom, it's not working. So we start on another, backwards and forwards, on and on. So quit. Ali and Robin's head dart sideways as they see the head girl, tall, slim and blonde, staring down at them. Robin looks down, embarrassed. Ali maintains eye contact. I was just saying, yeah, you seem to say a lot for someone with no prior stage experience. <laughs> Mike, you chose a very interesting accent there, and now I don't feel like you're going to get through this scene. <laughs> <laughs> you committed yourself to something ridiculous and now you're yeah, going to I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep, I don't know why you've got all this. Why you, okay, yeah, so exactly. It's like... It just yeah. happened. That, you know, I fell apart. It just, she just flowed out of me. It's ridiculous. It's like, it's like, okay. Um, yeah. I've had, a, I've had a lot of stage experience. Or have you? Being the lead in your local amateur thematic club. <laughs> No, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. Sorry, I'll do it, right, okay. (laughs) Aw, have you? Being the lead in your local amateur dramatic club doesn't mean experience. You know, if you wrote these lines with the accent in mind (laughs) and with the (laughs) list in mind, you wouldn't have used any of these words. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I've got a big one, right? That's what she said. Oh, dear. Baby, but I'm still principal cast, aren't I? Take a look around you. Every single one of these have either been in the West End. <laughs> I can do it. Hold on. <clears throat> Take a look around you. Every single one of these has either been in the West End or on the dance circuit for years, working hard, proving themselves, earning their place. You, on the other hand, well, you got lucky. It happens sometimes, but that doesn't mean shit to me. The fact that you're a principal. So next time you feel like expressing your unwanted opinion about how shit this show is, remember the talent around you. Have I made myself clear? Not really, no. (laughs) I'm not surprised with that list. Sorry. The head girl's face suddenly goes a different shade of red. Ali, just, just leave it. No. So you disagree with me then? Over what? That this show is a mess? I thought, Bernie, if I were you, you too. Got it. Loud and clear. The head girl starts to walk away before turning around once again. Oh, and Alison, it's Ali. Next time you're late for rehearsals, I'll fine you. £20 a time. Most of the other performers stop their stretching to see what Ali will say. Ali smiles through gritted teeth. Got it. Thank you. The head girl gives Ali a dirty look and makes her way to the other side of the studio. What a bitch! You didn't do yourself any favours there. She'll be all over you now. I wasn't even late this morning. She told me to fill up the jugs of water. <laughs> makes a change. That's normally me who has to do that. All because I didn't leave with you, Lot. Yeah. Well, where did you go? Nowhere. Back to the vans and to bed. It's a bit of a letdown, really. What did you get up to? We stayed out. A few more drinks. Couldn't get back on site because that mushy didn't have his pass. Adam managed to get us back in and we went to his for a bit. You all went back to Adam's van? Yeah. Yeah. It got a bit weird, though. Adam? No, no. Not Adam. Uh, They have this guy living with them. Uh, Paul from the fairground? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I know him. Well, he started offering us drinks and was cracking onto Paula. Mushy wakes up and insults him, and he literally throws an ashtray at his head. Mushy threw an ashtray at his head? No, Paul threw it at Mushy's head. Oh, what, what happened then? Oh, we left, obviously. Sounds like a strange night. <laughs> nah, it was funny. A good night. That made everyone sausage and chips. <laughs> well, that sounds like Party Central. I'm glad I wasn't missed. It was good. You should have been there. Let's not get into that again. They're your friends too, and I'm sure they do miss you. But you can't keep dissing yourself and expect to get invited. It doesn't work like that. You did. And look what's happened. I'm the new water girl. Robin laughs. Well, at least you're not the understudy. Having to learn every single part in this show changes every two minutes. I know that unless I push someone off the stage, I'm never going to get to perform any one of them. Ali sighs and gives Robin a hug. Stick with it. Your day will come, my lovely. Bernie bursts into the dance studio. Right, everyone. Uh, first places, please. We're going from Act 2, Scene 1. Everyone gets into their associated positions and waits for Bernie's cue. Bernie walks around the performers, watching and tutting. He takes a step back to the front and looks once again. Hmm, something's not quite right. Let's try something different. Ali looks over at Robin and pulls a face, saying, here we go again. Robin tries not to giggle. Ali looks to her right to see the head girl glaring at her. Ali recomposes herself and tries to ignore the stare of hate coming in her direction. It's trouble at mill. <laughs> trouble, trouble at the bill I, um, something's going on here thank you for being so patient with me and me trying to get those lines out <laughs> I, 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 do you know what yeah, you have to differentiate the characters but uh, I probably went a bit extreme there yeah I mean I, th I thought for a minute she was related to Karen but uh, <laughs> no, oh was, was she sounding a bit like Karen it started to get a bit that way at times but that's okay because that's there are okay. people regional who sound dialects. Like exactly. Yeah, regional dialects. It's yeah, okay. and some it's people cool. have thicker tongues than other people. It's not a bad thing, you know. <laughs> that's just the way the world is. And, you know, we were a better place for having all that diversity is what I say. Absolutely. <laughs> Interior, entertainment's office, day. Eddie is sat on his desk. He has a pile of mic cables on the desk and he's winding them over his arm and attaching Velcro strips to them. John is sat on a chair next to Eddie. They are deep in conversation as Bernie walks in, wearing an Aaron cardigan and a long floaty scarf. Ah, boy, so glad you could make it. Now, uh, John, tell me, have you sorted out those bloody permits with the council? I will not have my creativity stunted by these backward yokel councillors. John sighs as he turns to address Bernie. Bernie, I don't know how many times I need to tell you. It's not about the council dragging their feet. We have two massive transformers on site and a backup generator, but the power demand you're making would knock out half the eastern coast. All I'm hearing is negativity, John, darling. Tell me how you're going to solve my problem for me. Well, the problem is those bloody lasers, Bernie. As soon as I plug one of them in, it blows the fuses. You've got six. Six of the flaming things. There is no way it's going to fly. Where did you get the things? 
It was a deal I did with a man I met in Thailand. Uh, you can't buy them anywhere in Europe. <laughs> Are they even legal? I mean, look directly into one of them. You end up with laser eye surgery. We just can't make it work, Bernie. You can't put that kind of law through the system. Listen, I've never had any problem with my load in London. I don't want problems. I want solutions. Bernie scowls angrily. I get your frustrations, Bernie, but there's no way we can do it. You're going to have to lose the lasers and half the pyros, or they won't sign it off. We can't risk all the kitchens just so you can make a few blasts and pops. Bernie through gritted teeth. Now you listen to me, both of you. I will not compromise on my vision. There is too much at stake here. Do I have to go to Glen with this? I think we all know how that will end now. Don't we? I don't know what to tell you, Bernie. Either make the changes or we can't guarantee the safety of the system or this resort. What do you think Glenn will prefer? Glenn has made himself perfectly clear to me. So, John, this is on you. Get it done and I don't want to hear any more of it. All right? Bernie turns on his heels and storms out of the office. He just won't get it through his thick skull. We've done all we can, Eddie. Make sure you write this up and log it. <laughs> and then what do we do? Give him what he wants? John sighs and looks at his funeral. Give him enough rope. Eddie shrugs his shoulders and goes back to winding the cables around his arm. So does Bernie turn on his high heels and storm out the office? No, he just turns on his heel. You turn oh, on your heel, heel like, that's where you quickly like flip around, heels, isn't it? Like in Cuban heels. Yeah, any heel. The any heel, heel that you have on your foot. It's not oh, to do with your shoe. You're turning on your heel, I, so you spin. Quick. I think, like, like I'd love to. I'd love Bernie to be wearing a pair of tap shoes. Like he just wears. Tap oh, he's shoes all the he's time. got his yeah. He's got his capizios on when he's walking around the office. He's <laughs> one of them, you know. And you're like, you're not even doing any dancing. You might do three or four steps to show the choreography, but you're still wearing your full dance gear and your pineapple jumper or something. You know, <laughs> pineapple studios jumper, as so many would wear. Um, but yeah, I think. Bernie and his expectations again. And we just, where's this show? You know, we're nearly halfway through the season. He still hasn't premiered it. There's got to be a lot of angry um, guests that aren't getting their full yeah, entertainment. So how's he Blame getting away? The writers. Blame the writers is all I'm going to say to that. Idiots. Absolute idiots. Uh, they do not know what they're doing. <laughs> you can tell. They're just making it up as they go along, these writers. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? You think they'd have some idea of what they were doing. There we go. So interesting scenes there. I think we're building up to something. So there's definitely three very, three very different it, scenes as well. Um, yeah. All leading, yeah, all leading us the story on. And um, you know, like like I said, I hope these writers know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't think they've ever known what they were doing. <laughs> so, um, Mike, it's um, a middle of the season thing. The whole, the whole Adam and Robin thing. It's been going on for weeks now. Is there, is there ever going to be a resolution there? Do we think these guys are ever going to make friends? Or is, you know, well, is I, this, has it gone I too far now? I don't know. Look, friends come and go. You know when we did work like that. You, 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 you muck us in the first, you know, in one year, and then you kind of drifted apart in the second, and you attach yourself onto other people, and you just, you know, like Rolling Stones, you just bounce around. Um, still, so I, I still remember it's okay and I don't hold it <laughs> I've apologized for that several times since <laughs> um, but no it, you know it's it's in keeping with you know you can't 
you can't replicate the first, you can't replicate one year into another year and new people come along and dynamics change. So who knows whether they'll, um, whether they'll reconnect and become friends again or whether, you know, the, uh, water off a dog's back or too much under the bridge, too much water under the bridge. bridge. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, And it's not damaging the story really, is it? I mean, no, there's tension there. That's, you know, dramatic tension between them, which means there's that it helps with that divide between the cast and the camp coats, because there's still that. And as Ali touched on, you know, the fact that she's even friends with the camp coats and would go and see them and seek them out. The rest of the cast looked down on her for that, uh, and inspired inspired by our guest Alison that that came on and shared some more stories from her amazing diary that we've just uh, taken a little <laughs> a little few lines out and just fed it into the into the script. So, Alison, thank you once again for that. Yeah, much appreciated. Shout out. To uh, I, now, I have a question for you, Steve. Actually, um, Go for it. just as we close off this episode, um, there's that situation between Wayne and Mushy, that awkward situation where they have nothing in common nothing to talk about but the, the, the two of them are just alone and they have to try and make this kind of like short like mm-hmm. small talk um have you ever been in a situation like that where you've run into someone that you don't really know but you feel compelled to talk to because you're acquaintances or or oh, you've, you've had so, some kind of interaction so many times because uh, look we we appear we come across as extroverts doing this podcast being performers in the past and stuff but actually in social situations on one-to-one, I'm, I'm quite shy with all of that thing. So when you end up in these situations, it can be a bit of a panic, you know. And I've had it where I, I there was somebody I worked with, and I say work with, it been like, you know, uh, very minor interactions over a week. And then four years later, I met them at a conference. I didn't know anybody else there. And then they were, they make made a beeline for me every time. And I, I genuinely didn't know what to say to them because <laughs> I didn't have anything in common with this person. And I mean, this is, this is the guy I, I had to stop following him on Instagram because all of his pictures were just himself topless. Um, okay. And I didn't want my wife thinking I was just following naked men on Instagram because she, you know, um, <laughs> she might get the wrong impression. Um, but yeah, he, he just kind of, then it just became really awkward and trying to make conversation with somebody who one you're not really bothered about and two you're kind of like i don't know enough about you i don't feel close enough to you to i don't know how my banter will come across so i'm being slightly reserved and you know you kind of feel it, it takes a lot of energy just to keep that conversation up um i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it back at you mike because i know there are many stories of, of your your awkward social interaction so maybe you could regale <laughs> us with one of those tonight awkward social so i am pretty good at trying to make conversation find middle ground but there was a situation where not that long ago actually where i ran into someone and they were what they decided to walk with me and we're just walking along and this person that i was talking to could literally take the the atmosphere out of any room it's like this gaping hole of personality just sucks all joy from conversation and for about 20 minutes he spoke not to me but at me about the fact that he didn't like the last coffee that he'd made himself or bought. <laughs> I can't remember which one, but he went on and on. And then he started talking about the coffee that he did like and where he liked getting it. But it wasn't like a big chain that you would think about. It was like, you know, my mum makes a really good coffee and I kind of like that one. And then, you know, and I've, I've just got to get my girlfriend to figure out how to do this coffee that way. And after about 20 minutes, I stopped walking and I just looked at him and I went, 
what the hell are you going on about, mate? Like, please stop talking to me about coffee. I have no idea what the point of this conversation is. And he looked really shocked, right? And he went quiet, and then he just went, well, I was just making conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, you do. You just feel like I've tolerated this enough now, and I don't know, I find in my old age that I get a little bit less tolerant of that kind of thing, and you kind of go, yeah, you're boring me now. Please stop. (laughs) Try to be nice to people, but you get to a point where you're like, I'm just going to go now, okay? So nice, nice right. to meet you. I, but... <laughs> I don't mind a, I don't mind a two minute conversation about you know the 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 benefit and disadvantages of instant coffee. I don't need it for twenty minutes though. But he kind of <laughs> went, he did it really slowly, but almost like he was muttering to himself at the same time. And I'm like, <laughs> and I kept doing the usual, mm, yeah, oh yeah, that's terrible, isn't it? Oh yeah, you know. Uh, mm. But in the end, yeah, I think like you, Steve, he, he pushed my patience just a bit too far. Um, on that one as well and then he, he fretted because he didn't have a pen on him and uh, he was like do you, ha- do you have a pen on you I don't have a pen on me and I'm like we're in the middle of a st- why, why do you need a pen he was like I just need a pen for later do you have a pen I was like I don't think I do have a pen oh I'm gonna have to go and find a pen oh this is important to me this having a pen so important he didn't have one I've avoided him <laughs> ever since to be honest with you when I see him when I see him walking on the street I take a different direction <laughs> teetor duck down behind cars <laughs> it's the coffee man <laughs> oh no oh dear well it's been uh it's been a fab episode mike really enjoyed it um the only thing we have to do is what we do every week and that's get your final thoughts so i know you'll have been thinking about this all week and you have a real pearl for us now to to regale us with so either it's going to be a question philosophical question for everyone out there or um or you've got a statement just a you know a word of wisdom what what are you going to do for us this week so my 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 closing thoughts to this one is if Wayne is the kind of guy that brings Space Raiders, Lambrini and Cooks and Cream ice cream, what kind of person are you? What would you bring to a booty call, Steve? A great question. So if anybody out there wants to put that on the socials, maybe uh, hit us up at the Bad Scripts podcast on Instagram and at Scripts Bad on Twitter. So make sure you let us know what is your booty call bounty bag. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. So send those in to us. But as for that, it's time for us to go. So make sure you have a great week and we'll see you again soon on the Bad Scripts podcast. But for now, bye bye. Bad Scripts was written and performed by Mike Garlier and Steve Jones, a Beach Tide production.